Welcome to the Biz and Mayhem podcast, where we talk about the mayhem in our lives and how to get ahead in business and your career. This is Chris Batchelor, and I'm here with my co-host, Tara Parker. Let's get started. Well, welcome, everybody, to another show of the Biz and Mayhem podcast. I'm here with my co-host, Tara Parker. Tara, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. I'm always good, Chris. How are and you doing? Uh, we are here again for episode 18, and uh, we are still don't have a uh, declared president yet, so we're in limbo. And uh, there's <laughs> no there's lots of uh, stuff it's... going on the news on the news, but you never know uh, quite um, you know who to believe anymore. Yeah, there's uh, I I don't know. It's what, what do we? I mean, I are, are you upset at all that Biden is actually kind of starting the transition. He's got his transition team in place. He's got people he's starting to call for certain, you know, his cabinet members, his administration. How do you feel about that? Because I've heard rhetoric on different wavelengths saying that's too soon. We don't know the no. end results. And I'm kind of like, better safe than sorry. Because if you, you're announced president, you've got no plan and no team. And you're kind of screwed. Yeah, I, I'm not upset about that. I think, you know, if I was in his shoes, I, you know, I'd probably be doing the same thing right i think right both sides think they're the rightful winner and so they're doing things that they would normally do had the you know the outcome already been known at this time so and you know if if he was to sit back and not do any of that stuff and is declared the winner then you know he doesn't want to be caught a couple months down the road here and not prepared so uh, right you know I'm, I'm not uh i'm not against that at all i think it's fine um you know i think there's a lot of interesting things happening where they're talking about, uh, you know, if somebody goes on to Biden's cabinet and they vacate a seat, then who's going to fill that seat and could right. it possibly flip the balance of power and, you know, all those sorts of things. So, yeah, I think there's uh, there's lots of interesting stuff going on right now. Yeah. Yeah, there is. Have you seen some of the cabinet members he has um, uh, potentially chosen? Uh, no, I'm actually kind of, uh, I've been so busy lately. I, I don't want to say I'm boycotting the news, but I really just, I, I just honestly have not had time to deal with the news at all. <laughs> it's like That's where I was a few months ago. Yeah. I, felt, I fell off the wagon. I'm back on the news train. Okay. So, so it's, it's been interesting. It's a, it's a very diverse cabinet, which you can't really expect anything less from, or less from the far left who are all about diversity, inclusion, and, and, uh, belonging. Um, there is some speculation that um, some of the choices he's making is um, that it's being influenced by the BLM. Uh -huh. The BLM are getting involved with this presidential administration one way or another. And so it's just, just interesting. Um, yeah, I, I did see one new snippet about Harris's seat that it, it should be filled by somebody who's black. Um, I guess yes, that's that BLM the, yes. now. Is that what you're talking about? That's what Fox News was reporting as of this yeah. morning is that the BLM is putting a lot of pressure on the governor of California to choose a black person for that role to replace Harris. And so that was, uh, of course, I mean, it was it's Fox News. So they're very much focusing on the negativity of BLM as a Marxist group. And that's what they pride right. themselves in. And I don't think that's very much of a secret. But it's just kind of like, you know, it goes back to the 80s affirmative, affirmative action push that that was going on at that point in time where same candidates, but whoever is the minorities who you is who you hire versus who's the 
absolute most qualified. And, and so it's, I don't know. I, I'm glad I don't live in California. I don't know. They're moving out of there anyway. Aren't they going to Texas? Yeah. Well, they're all leaving California and going other places. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I guess uh, I, I wouldn't expect anything different. You know, um, no. it's not necessarily a, a bad thing. I mean, uh, but I mean, there's processes for all this stuff. So I think we should we should let the processes run their course. And that kind of the, the very question right now is, is, is the process OK? And if it's if it's not OK this time, I'll be honest, it really does make me wonder about the process last time. Not, and it, obviously it's not yeah. working in Trump's favor this time, but it makes me kind of leery about the process. And I've seen a couple of posts from individuals on uh, Facebook. I'm focusing more and more on Parler, but right. I've seen some people on Facebook saying, if, if we are this jacked up, I'm never voting again. You guys can just forget it. Yeah. I, I mean, who, who knows who to believe anymore, right? I mean, there's no trusted news source. I, I <sighs> What are you going to do? I just, you know, people just are going to believe what they want to believe. And it's just come to that, you know? Um, Well, be okay that way, though. Be okay to believe what you want to believe and let people believe how they want to believe. I mean, you don't have Walter Cronkite anymore, you know? I mean, mean, (laughs) he was one of the dudes that everybody kind of, if he said something, it was like, oh, it was real. You know, there was no spin. Integrity. Yeah, there was integrity, and there's yeah. just not that anymore. And and there's no network with, <sighs> with I would say, in, integrity. Um, you know, no, there, there's a few smaller no. independent places that probably come close, but but I think they all have their spin. Yeah, I think what irritates me the most is I mean, growing up, did you were you exposed to the news much growing up? I I was because my parents watched it, and if there only one TV in the house, that is what you watched. Yeah, I would say not any more than normal. You know. <laughs> So we watched a lot of the news growing up in my house. And um, the one thing I do remember, the news was boring. It was mm-hmm. incredibly oh, yeah. boring because there was no emotion. There was no opinion. There was no flavor. It was, these are the facts and just the facts. And that's it. And today, that's not the case. And I would go back mm-hmm. to have boring news again. I'm so tired of hearing everybody's opinion. There's a place for opinion. It's called Facebook. And even then they censor you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, there's no sense in beating a dead horse here. We've we've certainly talked about Why that. Why not? Enough. Everybody else is. I <laughs> mean, we want to be one then, of them. Then we'd be just like everybody group else. Groupthink. Groupthink, yeah. Chris. It's thing. We don't need no groupthink. I mean. You know what we need? <laughs> what do we need? We need the newsroom. We need the newsroom. This is the newsroom. You like how I did that, huh? <laughs> <laughs> trying to get control of this show it's probably a good thing you're moderating it (laughs) yeah so uh, we already kind of beat your first thing here when will the election be over (laughs) (laughs) you know that's it was a fast and and there's no link because you don't need a link there's two million links out there just google election results and you can have your fill yeah but the problem is as soon as this election's over the next campaign cycle starts (sighs) i mean it's already kind of started right and so well i I mean it's just constant now well i think i heard that if, if trump does end up losing he will run 2024 i think yeah did, did is that i mean no great I mean, that wouldn't surprise me <laughs> well and i i'm gonna say this before and i can't see our facebook live stream so somebody may be getting on my case right now for it but i i turned the the news my tv is set to go on at like 4 40 in the morning so i can get up and bike in the morning yeah and sometimes i will let myself kind of sleep in a little bit and i mean i said it early because i know myself right. and i could have sworn either i dreamt it or the news in it was playing and i could hear it in my sleep that if he doesn't win um, then he's just going to run in 2024. And it's like, are I mean, you doing does, that? <laughs> is that, that the, surprise you? No, 
it doesn't. Okay. It's, I mean, would you do anything different if you were him? Oh, I don't. Well, I guess I thought about that because I don't think anybody else has ran again after losing. They didn't come back four years. Like Hillary didn't come back. Well, she just she, let it. She tried. I mean, she talked about it. But, she, well, I mean, I mean the, the fact that she can't get on a logical sp platform of anything well, is the reason why I would never I mean, want I mean, her in that position. I mean, the facts here are Trump's getting pretty old. I mean, Biden's well, old. Trump's getting pretty old. Pelosi's you know, older than he, both of them. Pelosi's yeah, but I saw a snippet that she's going to be moving out here soon. Well, right it's because so. she can't win. She's not doing very well, apparently, or something that it doesn't look like she's going to have her seat very long. But she's she's practically a walking mummy. I mean, look at the yeah. woman. If that's and I guess I I mean I didn't realize it for the last several years. I guess there's been a long. Um, a long running rumor that she's been an alcoholic for numerous years, which I mean, I could see in her face. She's, she's pretty aged, but yeah, I mean, God, there's some really good hair dye in there though. Wouldn't surprise me. All right. Enough politics. <laughs> Let's move on. What's this? You got tech taking over the world. Did you see this? No, I didn't. Oh what my is God, this? this is great. You're not in the news anymore, so you're not going to see uh, it. So I told you I'm, I'm, I'm ignoring <laughs> the news. Oh, see, this is, I, when I bike, I bike to Fox news right now. Um, mm -hmm. And so I'm, and I'm biking 10 to 15 miles a day. So you can imagine I'm spending all that time in front of Fox news. So my, my, my brain is probably getting more warped every day. Right. But, um, so this thing, I'm not showing up on my, oh, I need my thing to work anyway. Um, Mark Zuckerberg, Zuckerberg, how do you say his name? Z Zuckerberg. Thank you. Zuckerberg. Zuckerberg. He and, um, his little, um, pawn over there at, uh, Twitter, uh, Dorsey, Dorsey. Mm -hmm. There it is. There's the link. Read this, guys. They were brought, um, they've been brought up for questioning because apparently Twitter, or not Twitter, Facebook has this new little tool that Mark Zuckerberg, Zuckerberg was not aware of. And mm -hmm. if you're the CEO of a major company, specifically a social platform, you should probably know what your people are doing. Right. But it's this tool that will literally follow you on the internet, whether you're on Facebook or not. So if any of you, and I know there are several of our listeners out there who have um, installed some app and it says, Hey, do you want to log in? You can log in with your own login or you can log in with Facebook or Google or whatever. And a lot of people will choose Facebook because it's just easier. And then you can automatically post from one app like a Strava app or, you know, a beauty app or workout app or whatever directly to Facebook with whatever you're working on your gaming app. As it turns out, those little links there, and this is the dumbed down version. So all you IT people out there, do not email me about this. I, I already know I don't know what I'm talking about. But those links are allowing Facebook to follow you on the web, even when you're not on Facebook. And most of us oh, don't yeah. log out of Facebook. Yeah, right? no, I, I mean, this is the, the tracking stuff happens all day, every day, this on every app that you use. It's not just Facebook. Anything you do on the web is being hoovered up. And it's not well, just the web. Anything you do on your phone Anything right. you do on any device that's connected to the internet, right. um, on Facebook, it's all being hoovered up into databases and being sold as advertising data. Well, it went a different so, route, though. They went into a censorship route. So they are finding out what you're saying on other sites, right. what you're doing on other sites, and then mm -hmm. they're taking that information and then using that for their censorship platforms, mm -hmm. their censorship um, campaigns that they've been on. Because that's one thing that um, both Twitter and um, the CEO of Twitter and um Facebook took a lot of heat for on Capitol Hill was that you guys are censoring, but you're only censoring one side. Right. Why aren't you censoring anybody else? Why are you focusing on these people and these particular voices? Um, 
And so that's what, and it was funny because Mark Zuckerberg, and he kind of looked like that serial killer mugshot look every time they take mm-hmm. a still of him. It always looks really, really bad. Like the dude has no eyebrows. Yeah. He's got this pasty skin with some freckles and some blonde <laughs> hair that disappears. And mm-hmm. he just kind of looks like, I'm not familiar with that tool. Yeah. <laughs> well, I call shenanigans. And that's I mean, not the essay word I want to use. The higher ups probably don't know the details. I'm, I'm probably. But he knows the name of it. He knows what tools are out there. Like he's not yeah. dumb. No, I, I, I think you know. Any day, if you're a digital citizen, which you know most of the people are, and certainly if you're listening to this podcast, you're a digital citizen because we, right. you know, we broadcast on Facebook and, uh, you know, we post to YouTube and 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 you know we have our podcasts that we sling out over uh, Apple Podcasts and you know, Spotify and all those other places. I mean, uh, you know, if you're on the web, on the internet in any way, which means a website, a browser, uh, you know, a phone, uh, an app, that sort of thing. I mean, you, your data is being sucked up and it's monitored. There's, there's well, and there's very little oversight in how that data is used. Um, and now there's been some discussions, particularly in the EU about, do you own your data? Um, can you, tell Facebook to erase their data that's associated with you. Right. And so, um, this stuff is, is still evolving there. The, the rules have not caught up with technology. Um, and it, and it probably won't for a very long time. So it's, it's really kind of uh, a wild west. And, and we all know that, you know, the big tech giants pretty much do whatever they want to. There's really no, uh, you know, there, there's no, uh, I mean, they get fined here and there, but the fines they get are not, you know, significant well, enough to be crippling. They're not them, influential right? enough at all, no. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, too, with Facebook, and I don't think many people knew this, especially right up front. It took years for people to understand you own nothing that you post on Facebook. So any original yeah. work, any pictures, any talent that you're sharing, any proprietary knowledge, intellectual property, everything you put on Facebook, Facebook owns. And I don't well, think people understand. It's not so much the Facebook owns that it becomes part of the public domain. So um, unless they change their their rules and regulations, and they could have, considering how well, many times they can they can write whatever they want into the EULA. Whatever stands up in court is something different, right? right. I mean, I mean, yeah. you can you can write into a EULA that that they own this the earth and the rocks and the sky, <laughs> but that doesn't mean that they sure. can actually do that. I mean, we we're now the know. proprietary owners of the earth, just so but, we're all clear. But here's the thing that you need to know, right? If you use right. something and it does not cost you physical money to get to it, you know. Right. I mean, you use Facebook, Facebook is free. So you yeah. are the product. Your data is the product that Facebook is selling. And, and they're, they're, they sell advertising and they sell all sorts of other stuff that they do with your data. Um, and they make money off of it. And that's, that's how they keep the site going, right? So, yeah. I mean, if you paid 20 bucks a month to use Facebook, it, I think people would have a lot more ground to stand on. Now, I'm not saying what they do is right. I'm just saying that, you know, if... <laughs> If you use something for free, don't be surprised when they are modernizing your information or modernizing you in some way down the road. Right. Uh, it's no, just I, that simple. It's, it's well, economics. I still, I still won't post anything on there directly. All my stuff comes out of my website or somewhere else just to protect myself. Yeah. But. I mean, it's, it is what it is. It's, it's kind of a, you know, it's a relatively new thing in the world. I mean, you know, newspapers were were around for a long time and they were printed on hard media and, and there was, you know, only certain ways you could get them around by physically moving them. You know, yeah. now that we're in the digital age, uh, you know, things are, are changing. 
They are. And I don't like all of them. I don't think all of us like all of them. <laughs> well, you may not <laughs> like it, but that's the way it is, <laughs> I right? I mean, do you, yes, I agree. you don't really have any. But I mean, if we're going to, if we're, if we're not going to like it, dislike it, at least let everybody have their say versus, you know, silencing some specific people, like just let yeah. it all, let the good bad, and the other oh, all be out. There. So that's the other big, you know, that's the other big um, argument here, right? Is, is does Facebook have a right to censor an opinion that they don't like? Never mind an opinion that may be false, right? right. Because, you know, who you know, the fact checker thing is all can be very subjective, right? Is something true? Yeah. Is it false? Is it partly true? I mean, it's a it's just a mess. And yep. when you start censoring like that, you no longer become a platform. You become a publisher, which means you are now responsible for the content that is on your site. When you're a platform, the difference is they can just say, well, we're just a platform. The person that published it is responsible for it. Mm -hmm. When you start censoring the data, you become uh, responsible for that for that content, right? Yes. So that's the big argument here is, is Facebook and Twitter and, and all those sites, are they platforms or are they publishers? Because they quite frankly get away with a lot of stuff being a platform because then they can blame the people that are posting um, they, well, you know, they, they posted that Antifa stuff or that Nazi stuff, but it wasn't Facebook that posted it. It was that person, right? Yeah. But, I mean, um, I see where you're going with that. I do. But at the same time, I'm, I'm not seeing an equal or not equal. I don't like that word. I don't see a balance between the, between sides. Like I'm seeing a lot, like on Twitter, they're banning, you know, 90% of what Trump is saying on there. But, but and it's yeah. Mostly and, Trump's opinion. Let's right. I mean. All right. So let's take that one step further. So Twitter is a private entity, right? It's publicly traded. It's publicly traded, so they may have some rules that they have to follow. But in the end right. of the day, it's owned by a private collective group of people. Okay. True or false? I would think true. Somebody okay. owns it. So it's but a Twitter and Facebook are not government entities, right? They are absolutely well, not government. They're entities. not owned by the government. Are they influenced by the government? But I no, see where no, you're no. going. I, what I'm saying is, if they were a pure government entity, if it was the Bureau of Facebook, whatever, then you had bureaucrats and they were elected officials and all that kind of right. stuff. Then yes, they would absolutely have to abide by. Well, we're going to make this fair, and we're going to monitor each side equally, right? Right. In a then that that's what happens in a kind of you know, rainbow and, you know, unicorn farts world. Right. I mean, but, right. but we all know that even, go even governments don't act like that. Right. But yeah. Twitter and Facebook are in, in themselves private entities that may have to abide by some rules because they are publicly traded, but at the end of the day, they're a private entity. So, I mean, they can basically do whatever they want to now, whether we like that or not, that's a whole different thing. Can they, can, and see, and I agree with you that, that businesses should be able to operate. They want to operate, which means that Colorado case a few years back where the two um, gay dudes walked into the cake place and wanted a cake made. And the, the owner said, nope, not our problem. Get out. And there was a place down the street that was happy to make the cake for them. But those right. people wanted that cake from that. And it wasn't anything specific about the cake. It wasn't anything specialized. It was the sheer principle of the matter. I do right. agree that those business owners have the right to say, no, I don't want your business. That's what that Best Buy was like. Get out if you're not going to wear a mask. Get out. We don't want you here. Okay, yeah. fine. So it, I, I, it does. Go ahead. So, it, I mean, it does get into that whole argument of what are the limits of what a private entity can and cannot do, right? 
And, yeah. and that, that whole thing, if I remember correctly, went to court and it went to a trial and all this it's kind of huge. stuff. I well, mean, but when you're talking you know, about you're a Facebook, which is a social platform of communication, and that goes back to, um, is it, I always confuse my amendments, so help me out here. This is the Second Amendment, First Amendment. Which one's the freedom of speech? First Amendment. <laughs> I mean, I know it's there. I just don't know which one it is. <laughs> oh, God, I hope Bo's not listening. He's going to be rolling oh, yeah. his eyes we're, at me. We're going to get some comments on that one. So direct your <laughs> hate mail at uh, Tara at Disney. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, God. Um, yes. We'll be having you... uh, Constitution Amendment School next Saturday at No, Jim, I will just go read the damn Constitution. Jim, <laughs> er, no, I'll just read it. I have it. Uh, I've, it's been gifted. It was gifted to me in a pamphlet form. Thank you. But I get that 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 we've got the right to say what we want to say, which means we're going to hear some crap we don't want to hear. We're going to hear things we don't like. We're going to the good, the bad, the ugly. It's all wrapped mm-hmm. up into that First Amendment. So when you are a platform that specializes in communication, does that where that's a fine line, don't you think? Oh, it's a very fine line. I mean, you know, there was an article that I read last week. I think that that was talking about how uh, the suppression of uh, Hunter Biden and his story before the election has really swayed the election because they were saying there are a great number of democratic voters that didn't know about the scandal. Um, and that had a small portion of them change their vote. That would have been enough to swing the election because this election was so close. And so my question is, is now does the government go back to Facebook and Twitter and do they get, do they get them for collusion or for election interference? Does people go to jail or their fines? I mean, all this kind of thing should happen, um, you know, post this election. We all know it's not going to happen, right? right. There's, there's really very little accountability left in the world. Right. But, uh, right. you know, I, I think I think what you're going to see is ultimately people are going to get tired of it and they're either going to, the free market's going to take over and people will just leave the platforms. And the platforms are only strong when they have participants, right? Because a yeah. platform with no participants is nothing. And so I think you'll either see people will leave the platforms or they'll get regulated. And the, and the reality is probably somewhere in the middle will happen. You'll have some portion of the user base that leaves and you'll get some regulation on the other side. Um, so, you know, I, we'll, we'll see where it, it spreads out to, you know, where it lands. But, um, yeah, it, that's... it's all, it you know, for something that started out as, you know, hey, I'm just going to share pictures uh, you know, or, Hey, here's what happened to me in 140 characters. Um, we've gotten way far away from this. And I think it's because, you know, oh, it's really God. people's main form of news these days. Right. right. Sadly. Yeah. People are, would, yeah. I think you're right. I think people would rather go to a social platform to get their, their news and information or follow certain people. Kirstie Alley is a Wichita native. She's huge on Twitter. Right. People follow her. She's a Scientologist. She probably would have been seen as a liberal unless you started following her these last few months. And she's been Trump, uh, team Trump mm-hmm. the entire time, which I think there's also another fine line between team Trump and team anti Biden. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I think there's several fractions in this country right now and they're all over the spectrum, but uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the reality is there's no good middle choice. And and there hasn't been for a long time, and there should probably there well there I think there should, but I don't think that you could get a somebody who's a moderate to get any airtime, and uh, because of that, I don't think you're going to get somebody that that you know has the publicity needed to to get 
over the line. So do you think maybe, you know how um, some other elections um, operate where you vote for each individual position? Now, not to say we need a, a president, vice president, secretary, and treasurer. Obviously, we have some seats that are some positions, positions rather, that are already established. But does it mm -hmm. make better sense or would it add to confusion if we got to vote for those positions independently versus an entire ticket? Um, I, you know, I don't know. I, every time we talk about changing the system, there's a lot of implications, right? Anytime you right. make one little change, it's domino effect over here kind of thing. So I, I, I don't know. I, um, I mean, that, that goes back to the electoral college. Everybody, every time somebody talks about changing the electoral college, it's like, well, you don't really understand that, you know, if you do that, then everybody's vote in the middle of the country doesn't count, right? Because right. they're going to be outnumbered so badly. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and people forget too, that we are a, uh, we are a one country of many States and the States yeah. have a, a pretty large amount of power. Um, and the power of the federal government is supposed to be limited. Now that's one of the big fights between the left and the right is that the left wants massive government and they want the government to do everything. The right's like, no, we want limited government, which means mm -hmm. the states have more of a role in, in doing things. And so it, that's, you know, part of the balance of power here, I think. Right. So, it's, it's, yeah, where's the right answer, mess. Chris? Where's the I, right answer? You, you know, I, I don't know. I, yeah, I mean, um, the, the part that upsets me is the people that are mad at Trump that have just ignored everything that is not so great about the left. Um, and they're looking at the left as, you know, this sort of savior, they're going to come in and change everything because everything they do is much better. And, you know, and then the people that really irritate me are the ones that, well, Trump's a liar. Well, good. Name me any politician <laughs> at the national liar. level that in the last 25 years that you can't write an expose about all the stuff they lied about. Right. I mean, in, I mean, right. there, there are some that are, are more truthful than others, but yep. in general, I, I think lying goes with politics as sad as it is. And I'm not saying that's right. Um, cause it's, it's not, but, uh, you know, there, there really just is no, uh, uh, there's no accountability and without accountability, people can say whatever they want to say and it's okay. But until we start having that accountability piece, then, you know, we're, we're just going to get the same results. So I'm um, to me, if we're going to really change politics, we need to start having accountability and we need to start having limited government. There's no reason that somebody should be in politics for 47 years and be a billionaire like Joe Biden is. How I mean, does that work? It's, it should be a well, shouldn't that be a free, like almost a volunteer. Like you should have another job. Like you should not I mean, be it, money it off started. The if you go back to to the beginning of this country, <laughs> you know, stuff like Congress started out as a volunteer ish job. Yes. You know, and they they left because they had to go back and take care of their businesses or their land or whatever. You know, and. So I'm not saying everything about the beginning of this country is correct because there obviously were a lot of, of wrongs, but right. the, the in, original intent of our government was not to have this massive government that is career politicians that make millions of dollars. You know, their base salary is a hundred and something grand, but they're really making something grand. But they're really making you know millions of dollars a year off of you know side business deals and and right. all this kind of stuff. So I, I think if you were to really dig into corruption and really dig into accountability and politics, you would find it's very, very not something you want to look at. Corrupt. So, Corrupt. Jessica Hoyt I mean, is one of 
we're Jessica Hoyt yeah. says right now. She says, "Yeah, they're all they're liars." All liars. 100%. Yeah, I mean, but you yeah, know, part part of it, I think, too, is you know, yes, I think. Uh, so this goes back to if you're going to be in politics these days, you have to be a narcissist. I keep saying that over and over again, and, and yeah, my theory know. there is because narcissists are the only ones in our society that are willing to go on TV and get the crap beat out of them in the media over every little thing they say. And until the media starts acting fair with people, we will not get not we will not get non personality disordered people into <laughs> politics because the only ones that are going to want to be in politics are the ones that are personality disordered. Well, they feed and, off that negativity. That's what gives they, them that they drive do. and that push and, and, and that I'm, show I'm not, you type of defiancy. Right, and I'm not so much talking here about the ones that are at the state level because I think that's a different dynamic. I'm talking about the national level politics here. The ones that are on national TV that have, you know, federal level positions. Right. I mean, and they're obviously not all bad, but here's the other thing too. You could be a completely normal person and not a liar at all. And the media will turn something around that you said to make you look like a liar. Yes. And so, like I said, it's very much, uh, you know, everything is under a microscope and, and I think just normal people just don't want to deal with that. I mean, well, why would they for the little yeah, well, amount of money that we pay? I mean, if you were to go into yeah. politics and be honest, you would not make much money because you're going to be traveling your butt off, going back and forth to D.C. and back to well, where you live. You right? deal with the abuse of people. You have to yeah, deal with the abuse of people. You have to have two residences. I mean, there's not a lot of great stuff about it. If you factor out the fact that you're probably going to get these sideline deals and make millions mm -hmm. of dollars off of other stuff, right? So, right. I, I don't know. Po it's, politics is just... You know, it's it's one of those things where it's, uh, it's I don't know, it's, it's, for me. it's, it's sad uh, in some ways and in other ways I'm like, yeah, I can totally see how we got there. So, right. Well, it's, yeah. I, it's uh, I'm over it. Yep. So I think a lot of people are. That's why <laughs> I have the next thing, which is kind of fun. Right. What is, what is this? What so this is, uh, I'll, I'll go over here to, uh, to my link. thing here. Yeah, I want to see this. I didn't take a I just saw so it. So this like, is uh, uh, over in Germany. They're filming the next installment of The Matrix. Do you remember that movie from like, <gasps> they way are back not. when? They are. Like a German it's version a, or the U.S. follow-up? No, it's it's the U.S. follow-up. I think they're just filming it in Germany. Don't we have enough of those? Um, so, yeah, I mean, what is this? Four? Three? Four? I, I, I can't. Don't, I don't even know. So, I lost track after they called us batteries. And, but, I mean, yeah, so Keanu's part of it, right? He's uh, <laughs> of course, you know, Keanu Reeves. He he's awesome. I love him and John. I love Rick him and, too. But God so. dang it, Jason Diarmond out there is one of my very best friends. Adore him. When somebody compared him to freaking Keanu Reeves, I lost my childhood crush on him. Thanks well, a lot. So anyhow, they they were <laughs> they're filming the Matrix, right? And of course, Germany has very strict rules over. Um, you know, how many people you can have in a gathering and mass and, you know, I mean, they are, they're much more strict, it sounds like, than we are right. here in the States. Uh, and so uh, they decided to pull a sneaky one. So they decided to have, so they're, they're getting around uh, in the, in the movie shoot, they have, you know, permits to be able to have more than 50 people or whatever it is, uh, because they're filming the movie and they got special permits and they do special things to make sure everybody's tested regularly and you know, all this kind of stuff. So the German government kind of gave them a pass. Right. Right. Um, but, uh, not so much for, uh, uh, not so much for, uh, having a party. So what they did was they said, they, they told everybody they were having a shoot, a filming, you know, they're going to film. So everybody show up at like, you know, whatever it is, eight o'clock at night and we're going to film this party. 
And some of the some of the uh, people on the cast, apparently, you know, obviously not the very high up people on the cast, uh, <laughs> told the German media that, well, yeah, they called it a shoot, but there were no cameras there. There was no sound guys there. There were no clapper boards there. They really just had a party and they called it a video, you know, they called it a movie shoot. Right. And so now the German government is all investigating this and they shutting them <laughs> down and having all sorts of issues. So, oh my yeah. gosh, so they, talk about a cat and laser tried to uh, get creative with the, you know, with the terms there to kind of get around some of the things. And uh, I guess That's Keanu awesome. showed up, you know, in the beginning and then he, he left kind of early. And so, but yeah, apparently there was a DJ in the whole, whole nine yards. So, uh, right. so we're going to see the matrix party. Is that what we're going to see? That's uh, matrix or is the party. I'm hoping the, that there's a party in the new one just so I can go. The last watch call. It. Yeah. <laughs> <Matrix> <laughs> the last call. Right. So I, I don't know. I mean, the Matrix, the first one was awesome. And then they, they got, you know, they're like all sequels and never as good as the first one. So, uh, but it would be kind of neat to see a, a reprise of that, you know? I don't know. I kind of, it wasn't, I need to watch it as a more of an adult because it wasn't my thing when I watched it the first, I mean, I'm like I said, huge Keanu Reeves fan, love all of his yeah. work, but that was one of the ones that, it just was a different um, a different role for him. So it's harder for me to get into. Plus understanding it, the whole human battery thing just, my brain was like, huh? What? Yeah. yeah. I don't get it, but he's it, cute. It's kind yes. of an abstract thing. Um, but, you know, Keanu's turned out to be a, a fantastic, uh, you know, action actor. Oh. I mean, if you if you watch any of the behind the scenes stuff with John Wick, I mean, it's it's incredible That's, how much he is uh, so practiced awesome for that. And, so yeah, awesome. I mean, he and he's a good dude all around. I've read some stuff about him where, yeah. you know, people have kind of met him out in the wild and uh, they were just pretty <laughs> impressed with, uh, you know, he seems to be a pretty humble guy. He's not the typical right. Hollywood so, type, you know. I so. don't have, have you heard of like that, that hall pass list that some couples will have where that if, if I met this Hollywood star, I get one night with them. No question. <laughs> right. So I don't have that. Like, I didn't realize that was an actual thing. Like people actually right. think they actually have this list and they have a person, like one specific person. So yeah, I know Bo was telling me one day, he's like, yeah, I have, I have somebody. I'm like, who the hell? He's like, well, don't you? I'm like, no. <laughs> you're like, Keanu Reeves isn't your guy. I'm like, I don't know the dude <laughs> to sleep with him. No. And he's like, yeah. I'm just saying Elizabeth Hurley shows up my front door. I'm not saying no. I'm like, then we're going to have to have some serious conversations because I'm not sure how <laughs> Like this is a like you guys yeah. honestly believe and but I I've but I've heard the same like you he's just real down to earth real easy mm -hmm. going and that's one of the things that's like you can't sleep with that kind of guy it like ruins it you gotta you, <laughs> yeah. you leave the unicorn alone R ruins you the patine for it. you huh well yeah the hot the yeah. hot chick matrix you, you take the unicorn and you just study it and you <laughs> try to how to replicate it and it's yeah. pretty and that's it and you don't screw with it leave it alone don't sleep just, with it don't just, muck it up leave good enough alone yes he's awesome <laughs> don't touch him <laughs> well with that i think we should uh, move on to we our career on. workout it's time to work that career and lift and push and lift and push you got it now harder lift and push it's the career workout Every time I giggle at that one, you <laughs> I had fun making it. <laughs> Every time I listen to it, I'm like, "Oh, why did I do that? That's so dumb." <laughs> I love it. It's, it's so awesome. dumb. If it's you're listening, so let us know in the comments if you think that's dumb, <laughs> or if we should keep it. Be careful have what a, you ask for, Chris. Have a vote right here. 
86 it or do we just keep going what do we do i don't know oh you got the article to pull up pull I, I do so in career workout we have uh three simple ways uh to be more influential at work yeah so recently i'm always influenced by something i hear at work and so here recently i'd heard some a few of my coworkers were talking about how they don't feel they're taken seriously at work um, they said that, uh, and these are guys that are just kind of starting their careers out there. Um, they're not fresh out of college, but they've been out right. for a few years. They're kind of establishing their career legs and things like that. And they were mm -hmm. kind of venting and talking about how, well, if I say this specific idea, it kind of is ignored. But, you know, later on when my manager says it, it's the best thing since sliced bread. Mm -hmm. What is going on? Why am I not important? Is it because I'm a peon? And I thought, right. no, you just don't have the influence. And <laughs> so... I, I enjoy the people that I work with, but I'm considerably older than some of those that I work with. So I'm considerably uh -huh. cognizant of staying the hell out of some of my conversations. Right. They, yeah. they need to grow and they need to develop and they need to build and I need to give them that space. And so mm -hmm. this particular article, um, oh, where'd I put it? You have to put it on screen for me. It's not showing up. It's not working. All right. I can do that. I'd appreciate it. That'd be great. <laughs> so... Yeah, you have to scroll up. I don't have any control. You have all the control. I have all the control. So the first one is influenced by educating. I, I call this planting the seed. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Um, it's also, um, it's like your fact checker. This is fact finding. You're, if you want to influence somebody, you want to get their attention. You want to turn them on to an idea. You don't use your whole, I feel like, don't ever start a statement like that. You're going to, immediately your managers are going to turn off to you because that's an emotional statement. You start off with data says our past um, experiences say this. You you educate your audience by giving facts. There's very there's a lot of power when you say we're not getting the attention to this side because this isn't attractive and our customers want to see this. And so you get the data, you get the education, you get the information. And that's one of the ways you present an idea to somebody is I have this idea and I have this idea because, and it's, it's basically knowing your why. And we've said that on this show multiple times. I'm a big believer in that. Mm -hmm. And so they, that's the one thing I hear in these conversations that I mentioned with these younger folks is that they always say, I have an idea, but they never mention why they had the idea. Right. What it's, you know, is it just a, one of those brain busts that's like, oh, I've had an epiphany and here it is. Mm -hmm. those, those are nice, but those are what should be driving you to redo a little bit of research, do a little bit of work and figure out why is this going to be a good idea and why should somebody buy it? Because that's what you're doing is when you tell mm -hmm. your boss an idea, you're trying to sell them something. Yeah. And if you look at it like that, look back at how people have sold you stuff. They sell you things with information, facts, mm -hmm. details. Sometimes emotions are used. I recently bought um, a security system. It was under not emotional duress, but definitely some emotional influence. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so, um, but I wanted to be a little bit smart about it. I wanted to know some data. How can the system be hacked? How mm -hmm. many people are using the system? How many people in my area? And because I knew enough people in my immediate area, it's like, you know what? The system might work for me. It was yeah. the education behind it that influenced me to make the decision to buy. It was a pretty, I mean, it's a, 300 some odd dollar purchase. So I didn't want to make that stupidly. So, right. and your managers feel the same way. They're not going to make stupid decisions because they have to account for those to the next level up. They have, your managers have to know why they're making a decision. They have to explain either themselves or you to mm -hmm. other people. So don't go in empty handed, go in guns blazing. Know your why when you start talking about things like that. And we start trying to get decisions through. Um, see yeah there you go the next one is uh here influence through feedback 
feedback's scary. People don't like feedback. It's so scary. You don't want to hear bad things about you. You don't want to hear it at all. <laughs> you don't want to know bad things. You just, everything is unicorns and rainbows. Um, but feedback is a gift. It is, and yeah. It is, now, those of you who are not managers feel like feedback is not a good thing. You don't want feedback mm -hmm. unless it's something very positive. But I'm one of those, I want to know, I've told my bosses the last several years, tell me when I'm screwing up. Tell me when mm -hmm. I need to do better. Right. I probably know it. So I probably mm -hmm. need to keep working on it. But when you allow, when you share that feedback with others, especially your management saying, we've heard from our customers, we've heard from the team, the team is saying, but be specific. Don't just say they're all pissed off. Right. It needs to be this specific event happened. This was the results and why their response to it. And this is how we fixed it. But because of all of this, we need to look at this possible new direction. Yeah. So the feedback is super important. Again, it's, it's a form of education, but it's real live experiences and that can hurt a bottom line or it can build the bottom line. Mm -hmm. And they're really interested in that. Upper leadership is really interested in that. So always keep that in mind. Always get feedback, even if it's good, bad, or ugly. doesn't matter. I've, get, I've received ugly feedback before. Mm -hmm. I received weird feedback before. I had one boss tell me he wanted to give me a perfect review, but he couldn't because he just didn't give per per perfect reviews. <laughs> he had to find something wrong. So he said, you're late to meetings. I'm like, but I'm mm. never He's like, I know, but we're going to say you are, so I can't give a perfect review. I'm like, are you kidding me? You got to <laughs> really? love that, right? No, your, to... <laughs> your rating system is one point less. Well, I wanted to throat punch him before throat yeah. punching was a thing. And if you're listening, mm -hmm. mister, you know who you are because you're on my friends list. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, feedback. So except it, if you're that it. person, throw us a note in the comment here. Yeah, out yourself for me. That'd be great. Can I do it for That's you? Right. We'll bring you on the next time for the podcast. He probably doesn't remember. The thing is, I, I worked so hard for him. He's probably like, oh my God, I don't even remember saying that. I wish he'd speak up, but I doubt he is. <laughs> Influenced by example. Um, so monkey see, monkey do. This is exactly what that is. If you are not willing to take on the idea that you're presenting, don't even bother presenting it. If you're not willing to make the change, don't offer the change. If you cannot lead by example, if you cannot provide by example, then do not expect your manager to do the same thing. Um, but your manager is also another form of example. So you're, you're getting influence from your manager by example, too. So this is a two-way street for sure. Um, and I know, Chris, you've got a team. You could probably speak to this significantly more than I could at this point. Yeah, I mean, I, th I think leading by example is important, whether you're an individual contributor or whether you're a manager um, I think it goes up and down the chain. I think it's particularly important for senior level management to lead by example. Um, I think nothing ruins the morale of a, of a corporation faster than seeing senior level managers have privileges or do things that they wouldn't allow their, their folks under them to do. Right. Um, and particularly, you know, you have to remember today in the age of all things electronic, uh, you know, news travels fast. So Yes, you know, if you're anywhere where there's any sort of camera or cell phone or any sort of recording device, uh, you just got to assume that you're, you're being watched and, and you're in the public eye, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think it's, you know, just be honest and, you know, and do the right thing and, and be transparent. But, uh, you know, you certainly have to lead by example. It's, uh, yeah. it's so, so important these days. Have you found that to be difficult on some days more than others, especially with this past year? Um, yeah, I mean, yes and no. I mean, I, I think, uh, the people that are honest and good are going to be honest and good. And the people that, you know, need to cheat to get by are going to cheat to get by. And, 
and they they're going to cheat even when they don't have to. That's been my experience in life. Um, it's um, for some people, it's just a way of life, and that's how they the only way they know how to do things. And so, um, you know, I I don't know. I I think uh, certainly uh, you need to be cognizant of what you're doing and the example that you're setting. I, I guess I'll leave it at that. I'd agree with that. I would agree. Yeah. So yeah, learn how to influence. It's 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 difficult, but it's attainable. You can do it. But don't just I feel. I feel like no. Stop it. <laughs> All just right. Stop. And now it's time for career <laughs> fail. Failure. Career fail of the week. All right. So for career fail, what have we got here? We have, and actually this this link did work for me, thankfully. Three questions to ask yourself if you're worried you're making the wrong career move. So obviously with COVID and, well, just COVID, uh, we've, <laughs> yeah. there's, probably some bit, there's probably been some opportunity to, um, you know, possibly make some career jumps or I know I've made a different, I made a jump in my own career. And so you kind of have to wonder if you're making the right decision at the right time. Um, I'm sure there's some of you out there who feel like you, this, this opportunity was presented to you and it sounded great. It looked great. It felt great. You get in there and you're like, wait a moment here. This didn't fit like the glove at the OJ Simpson trial. Something's wrong. This, this just doesn't, something's off. It's a little, little less breathing room than I thought I had, or doesn't Mm -hmm. fulfill that need or serve that purpose. And so, um, you kind of have to look a couple of different things when you are having those feelings, especially during times like this, or, when you do want to make a move, um, I know I have a very diverse background. Um, professionally speaking, Chris, I think you have a very specialized background. And so um, I think there's a, there's a couple of different ways to look at how you make career moves and what decisions you're making in your career to keep it going forward. No, I don't know. As far as the specialization, Chris, do you feel like you're a little more protected in some of your decisions that you make in terms of your mm-hmm. career because you are so specialized? So, so first I want to ask you, what's this word you said? Forward? What, what what does that mean in context of a career? Do uh, it forward. The word forward. I, I'm it's forward. very foreign to me. I don't I don't really understand it. It's <laughs> what is it? I, I I don't know what you're talking about. Moving forward? No, I, I it's you know I I totally joke, but uh, I, I always tell you know n- new folks that come in in the, you know into my organization that are, that are young and new and just out of college. And my spiel to them is kind of like, look, when I was younger, I had this kind of linear interpretation of my career in my head. I was like, I'm going to go from A to B and then to C and the D, you know, and it was kind of like, I'm going to climb this hill or this ladder, whatever your picture representation is. But at the end of the day, if I was to give a five-year-old three crayons and tell them to draw a bunch of squiggly lines, that would be a much more accurate representation of what my career has actually looked like. And that's not a bad thing. It's just all over the place. You know, I mean, you're not as specialized as I thought you're just as jacked as the rest of us. I mean, I've certainly, I've, I've done a lot of different things, which is, it's just a blessing. You know, I've gotten a lot of opportunities. Um, I've seeked out a lot of opportunities and I've, I've taken opportunities that I've regretted Right. Right. Um, you know, but the trick is to do the best that you can while you're there and then try and move on as quick as you can. Right. Right. Um, you know, and I think, uh, you know, as certainly as you get older and you get, you know, more established in your career, it's harder to make a, um, a major change from what you're doing. 
Um, and that's, I think, largely, though, dependent on your organization and how many opportunities there are within the organization, how diverse your organization is. Um, you know, the company that we work for has, you know, m major different kinds of companies all over the world. So, I mean, if, you know, if you wanted to, you could move and, and take positions in, in many different industries, you know. Um, some people at smaller companies may not have that opportunity unless they leave that company. Um, and yeah, I think, uh, just remember every, every decision you make is half chance, right? So, right. I mean, that's something my dad told me way back in the day and it's always stuck with me and he's, he's been right. You know, you make a decision based on the information that you have available to you at that time and you try and make the best decision you can with the information that you have available. Right. The other half of that really is just luck of the draw. You know, so some stuff works out and some stuff doesn't yeah. and you kind of learn and maybe you interpret the data differently the next time around. But, um, you know, I think it can be very anxiety provoking to change, uh, what job you're doing. Cause a lot of times what job you're doing is very comfortable. You know what to do, you know, you're kind of established going into a new position. You've got new people, you've got new processes, right. um, you know, all that kind of thing. So I think that can be very nerve wracking, but, uh, yeah. You know, ultimately, you have to decide what's good for you, what's good for your family, you know, what's good for your overall work-life balance, and take all that data and make a decision based on it. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. I think hopefully all of us would agree with that, <laughs> rationally. <laughs> right. I, I don't know. I, I think you can't get too stuck on it, though, right? No. And I, like I said, I, I have a, a much more diverse background and, and I mean, I've not been in one single area or one single specialization. It could probably be rolled up into, into one area, mm -hmm. uh, but, the, but the organizations I have worked for have been very diverse. And so right. some of the decisions I've made have been based on, you know, I, I think I feel, I feel like I have a little bit more wider area to work with if I start looking for employment where, you know, some people may feel like they're stuck yeah. and that, tends to kind of drive, well, I'm stuck here and I, I hate coming here and I'm never going to get a new opportunity. And, and that's kind of the, the down part of a specialization until you started speaking. I realized, huh, you're just as screwed as we are. Yeah, pretty much. I, I mean, <laughs> I, I think the difference now is earlier in my career, I would have had one resume. Um, whereas now if I was to go out looking for a job, uh, you know, I'd have probably half a dozen different resumes that were tailored to whatever specific position, um, awesome. you know, I was playing for, you know, That's it's not, awesome. you've got to specialize uh, anymore because you got to remember when, you know, these recruiters go out and they put a thing out on monster.com or indeed, yeah. or, you know, or LinkedIn jobs and they, and they get applicants, they're going to get hundreds and hundreds of applicants and, you know, hundreds and hundreds of them are not going to be interesting to them or applicable right? So they've got to right. sort of weed through the, you know, what's the junk. So if you yeah. don't want to get weeded out as junk, you have to look like you are exactly what they are looking for. Right. Yeah. And, Which... and the other thing I think is important to remember when you're looking for a job these days is a lot of times if you're in any sort of specialized field, the recruiters may not be from that field. Um, and they may not know, you know, specific acronyms and things like that. So, I mean, you really have to look at each job and try and write your resume to sort of fit what right. that job description is. Yeah. Um, because you're, you're appealing to somebody who does not have a, probably does not have a big base knowledge in, in what your expertise is. I, I agree. Yep. So that's, but, that's and, a and, lot to consider. Yeah. Go and ahead. all that, all that being said, 
nine times out of 10, it's generally better to know somebody on the inside and have them slip your resume on the top of the pile. I mean, maybe, <laughs> you, you it know, hurt. but, uh, yeah, I, I think there's still a lot of that going on and, uh, you know, that, that's, yeah, I, I would say so. And it's mm -hmm. not necessarily a bad thing. I know there's, I've seen where, um, I was part of the hiring process in one of the employers that I worked for and, um, mm -hmm. it was easier to hire somebody you knew because the personality right. was easier to validate yeah. than a stranger walking in who, you, I mean, especially when you came up, when you have the um, social media to back to fall back on and right. kind of check and control somebody, there was one individual um, going back to the same individual that I just mentioned a few moments ago, we were interviewing for another position and um, I was part of the interview process. And um, this person, this candidate walked in and they looked great. Mm -hmm. They spoke pretty well. They seemed to be on top of it. And for some reason we're like, yeah, we need more. Yeah. We just, need to we need to qualify we need to validate all that so we started right. doing i mean we're not proud of it but we social media trolled that's what well, you I, I think everybody does and i don't think there's anything wrong with that <laughs> i think it's this was getting, a few years earlier before it became a, a well, probably it's, acceptable it, thing it's all getting getting to know a candidate right i mean right well this is back in the late um i mean this is you know 2000 i'm not going to say the year actually because that'll out <laughs> where i was at so i'm not going to do that mm -hmm. but this has been several years ago <laughs> And Somebody's so, taking notes and, and building your timeline here. And it's probably my old boss. Like, Shut up. Uh -huh. um, and so when we, when we started looking at this candidate and we started finding social media, right. um, well, I say, let me reverse that. Let me go back. This in this candidate didn't come in looking their probable best. We thought they looked okay. And like, that's probably how they normally look. Like that's probably just their look. Like it was mm -hmm. okay. Um, it wasn't offensive. It wasn't disheveled. It wasn't anything inappropriate. But we go to the social media and they've got this beautiful headshot, this gorgeous, this handsome, this wonderful headshot that had been professionally done. We're like, why didn't that person come in? Mm -hmm. Where's that at? Yeah. You know, and so um, it, you just, you kind of feel like you have to, to validate. It, it, we didn't know this person. We didn't know anything about them. It was really hard to want to hire them seeing such a Jekyll and Hyde appearance structure. And so we went with another person we could validate. Right. It bit us in the backside later on. Yeah. I, I mean, at the end of the day, it all comes down to relationships, right? You're going to want to hire somebody that you know and you can trust and you have, you know, a little bit of knowledge of besides just, you know, them showing up to to an interview. So, or, I mean, or something you that is a, if is somebody on your team that knows them. Yeah. That's another thing, too, is if you trust somebody on your team and they say, hey, I've got this person I think you need to meet. Yeah. You know, that, that's another big, mm -hmm. oh, which is why, to your point, relationships are really important. Mm hmm. And that's kind of the sense of the, the article that I wanted to, that I presented here today is um, when you're trying to make these, these career decisions, if you feel like you're making the wrong career move, if you don't have the relationships at work, you feel dread when you're going to work, things just aren't, they don't feel right. Just innately don't feel okay. Yeah. Then there's probably something not in as much alignment as you thought. Like it's probably time even if it's a brand new job or you've been in it for years, it's, it's probably something you should reconsider and look at like what's not hitting on this, on the points you needed to hit on mm -hmm. uh, or feeling desperate. If you're just taking a job to take a job. I did this once. Have you ever done this? You just took a job because uh, you did it. Yeah. Don't do that. No, don't, <laughs> don't, do don't. That. no, I will admit I got something out of that job. And for the folks that are listening that know me, you know what that thing was. So you know what position I'm talking about. Oh, you're doing that thing where you just talk vaguely. I hate when people do that on social media. And with that, we are going to the IT corner. 
Let's talk tech. You're in the IT corner. Do you remember uh, Monty Python? You know, <laughs> and now for something completely different. <laughs> you should do that more often because that was awesome. Yeah. All right, so my completely different thing here is this thing. It is the ATM, or sorry, the Blackmagic Design ATM Mini Pro ISO is the model that I have, and it looks like this black box here. Uh, and what this is is a camera switcher, and so you can plug your cameras into it and then stream out to the interwebs like we're doing here tonight. So um, I have my you know video camera, uh, you know my cinema camera plugged into this thing. And I've got it hooked up to my laptop, and I'm actually using that as my webcam. And uh, that's how we're doing this this whole thing tonight. So um, this is a piece of kit that's kind of a lot of fun. It's uh, not, you know, inexpensive, but for in the world of video, it's actually pretty dirt cheap. So uh, this is a great way for you to uh, kind of bump up your uh, presence if you have to use Zoom meetings or whatever. Um, so this is kind of a fun thing to do here. That's what makes us, that's what brings our pretty faces to everybody tonight. That's right. And so since, you know, you're a lot prettier than I am, I need a better looking <laughs> camera to, you know, kind of bring it no, down. No, you need filters. Yeah. You just need yeah. filters. That's then, all. You know, we don't have the Snapchat filters here. So <laughs> I mean, now you've got a challenge. So Not Right. You've got the challenge. <laughs> but yeah, so this is kind of a fun little box here, though. Uh, you plug all your cameras into it. You can switch between the channels. Um, this particular one will actually record uh, the files offline. Um, so I actually got it because I'm getting ready to do some video courses. Um, so I'm going to use this to record the actual courses and I'm going to have multiple, uh, you know, things going in here. So I, one of the things going in is my laptop. Um, then I'm going to have a view from looking overhead so I can explain things and then a, a front on view. Um, so when I'm doing the training, I could just hit the buttons and switch between the cameras. Um, and then the, the, the Blackmagic uh, ATM Mini ISO will then record all of those things and give you a file that you can edit later on. Um, so it does a lot of things besides just become kind of a fancy webcam. So oh, pretty wow. neat stuff. I mean, I like it. Here we are. Here we are. So we'll Here have we to are. get you one, one of these days and get you set up in your home studio. <laughs> It'll be a small studio. It'll, it won't compare to yours. Well, you know, I, I got the gear bug. I mean, and this is your thing, but if we want to talk <laughs> about like writing, no, you're a writer too. So that didn't count. Yeah, what I do I, a little bit of writing. I'm, I'm better on the video stuff. What do you say we go to Media Madness? Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Media Madness. So what's your Media Madness thing this week? I don't know. What did I put up there? <laughs> um, oh, I bought a book. Who knew? You did. What did you get? It was over here somewhere, and I was going to actually post it. It was, it's probably... Must, gosh darn it. It was right here. Oh, well. So Travis Barton is in... He and I have a lot in common, though we have never met, and he's not listening tonight. Um, he is, I think he does call himself a life coach. I don't prefer that term, honestly. Um, I like something more like mental trainer, like, you know, the physical trainers out there. I'm a more of a mental trainer. Um, but he wrote a book, and he did this book. Um, he published it on his own. He worked with um, one of those companies that allows you to do all the publishing work. So he had to sell. He actually had to pre-sell so many before it would actually be published. So I actually had this thing bought and paid for like a year ago. Anyway, um, the book is The Adventure of Purpose. And, I mean, you can see this, the, the link right here. I really don't have to read it to you. But he's had a pretty adventurous life. He's gone to a lot of places. He's gained a lot of perspective from a lot of different angles of the world. 
And I, I follow him on Twitter and I don't remember how I found him. It probably LinkedIn is, is probably how I found him, but I um, mm -hmm. follow him on Twitter and he and I have interacted um, back and forth, which I love about his kind of person. It's, it's when you, and I have another good friend and I wish he was listening tonight. He's a writer like I am. We do a lot of collaborative work on a coaching and life site. Mm -hmm. uh, but when they, when the author that you follow responds to your comment and takes oh, the time awesome. to the comments, mm -hmm. I really, I mean, I just put my hooks into these people and I, cause I want to learn from them. I want to sponge off them. I want to be that person. I want to get to where they're at. I'm and glad you clarified that. I mean, so you don't show up in some stalker report later I, well, on. We're, now there's video evidence of it on on the internet. Just don't don't Google me. It's fine. I mean, whatever you find <laughs> is lie. So, <laughs> but I mean, I, I really I followed him. I've been waiting for this book for a year. I wanted to know more about his insight, where he got his insight from. That's what's intriguing to me is how do you develop your insight? I was um, every Wednesday night before um, I I come here to record with you, Chris. I meet up with my close girlfriends, and we have our it's it's just a girl session. Just our girl. Mm -hmm. I've heard they're they're infamous. They are great. They are. Great. <laughs> I'll tell you where to meet is that in the what, list. Goes by. Goes, well, I'm, I don't have the right anatomy for that. Don't be well, groping me into. I mean, none of the people <laughs> here have the right anatomy for that. Um, and so, oh, hold when on. You, Hi, when you, you hey, David. Hey, when David. You, when you say it's a girls' night and you start inviting me out to that, I kind of wonder. With us, trust me. If you she know that I'm not a girl. Oh, you're not. Oh crap. No. Sorry. <laughs> I know no. I need to lose weight, but come on, killing <laughs> me. Oh, what do you? You better be careful. You're all right. To send uh -huh. your email. <laughs> all right, let's talk about your book. Sorry, we got off the railroad track there. So I'm I'm always interested in how people gain the perspectives that I admire, and this guy's perspective I really admire. Um, that's why I clicked with him and and kind of. I align with him really mm -hmm. well. I've never met him. And so I'm really anxious to read this book. I'm actually going to read it with a friend of mine. Um, he doesn't know it yet, but this is, I have a friend who has been deployed. Okay. Uh, and I, I'm so appreciative of his service to our country. And one of the things that we, we want to keep up with one another is to do kind of a book club thing where we both read the same book and we come back with our thoughts and reflections on it. And this book oh, is on that cool. list. Now I'm going to read it before I read it with him. He doesn't know that. Um, uh -huh. but because I want to, I'm anxious to read this book. I want to know where this guy, I, I know how I got my perspectives and I know where my perspectives came from and why I have, um, wh why I've pursued them the way that I have. I want to know why other mm -hmm. people do. That's what intrigues me is if somebody can think like I do, right. I want to know what brought them to that point because I, it's such a unusual road to go through. And so right. I'm anxious for this book. So for those of you out there like David who are listening and just if you're still listening, which you, you better be really, um, you can hook up into this book club with us. It'll be fun. We'll we'll have all kinds of great reflections and sing Kumbaya by, no, we won't. We're going to drink wine and read. That's what we're going to do. That's what we want to do. <laughs> so we actually have a Discord server set up because that's the thing for the new kids. So my, <laughs> son, my son set us up a Discord server because that's what they do with the gamers. They all talk on Discord. Oh, so yeah. so we'll, we'll post the uh, the link to Discord so we can start uh, interacting with everybody throughout the week here. So Yes, that would be awesome. That's a way to interact without it being totally out on the Facebooks. Exactly. <laughs> so <laughs> so what's the book about? Did I miss that part? Well, it's just, it's it's really how he came to the perspectives he has, how he came okay. to the processes. It's his adventures have molded his his mental framework. Okay. Uh, and it sounds really deep, but it's not. If you find Travis Barton on LinkedIn, find him on Twitter. 
I don't know if he has a Facebook page. I have, I've, I've only ever seen him on Twitter, mm-hmm. uh, but he's just overall accepting. And I'm, I'm not a very big believer of unconditional love for all people or let's love everybody. I'm not that way. Right. I am for unconditionally accepting of others. And I think there's mm-hmm. a really big difference there. Sure. Um, and this guy, and I, that's where he and I align so well. Cause it's really hard for me to find somebody who just unconditionally accepts other people. I don't have to like what they do. It's not about yeah. that. Cool. I don't have to line up with it. Um, but I'm, I'm eager to know and to learn about other people and how they differ from me because I learn and grow that way. And I think we all right. do whether we want to admit to it or not. So this book is about his adventures in life and how he's come to be where he's at and how he came, came to be this, again, life coach, which again makes me cringe. But mm-hmm. this is his his life adventure. Awesome. And so I'm, well, I'm really excited about this When one. you finish reading the book, since you're you know talking with him, maybe you can get him on the show here. Ooh, I wonder if I can. That would be pretty awesome, wouldn't it? Challenge accepted. Because, yeah, I, I, this is up his area. He doesn't want to be, um, you know, Joel Osteen. And I'm not mm-hmm. a big fan of him. I'm not a big fan of Tony Robbins. Any guy who says, I have your pathway to perfection type mm-hmm. of stuff, I immediately hop off his train before I start drinking the Kool-Aid. You don't but, like when they when you walk into a motivational session, they hand you a mirror? Come on. <laughs> it's like the oldest trick in the book. Oh, my God. Those are the guys who want to success. I those are the guys who make me want to hang over the next day. That's what those guys are. <laughs> That's terrible of me to say, but it's I'm honest, genuine. That's what it is. So it is well, cool. You'll you'll have to let us know uh, what you think of the book, and we'll create a channel on Discord for it so y'all can talk about it. That'd be awesome. And, uh, yeah, I can pretty much guarantee we're not going to get the next guy uh, that I'm going to talk about here in my <laughs> media madness on the show because it is the Mandalorian. What is this? I heard about this. I heard. You don't, okay. I don't know don't if we can be friends now. What? It doesn't do you want to cut dang it to him? <laughs> I mean, you know, the Mandalorian. So are you a Star Wars fan at all? I do like Star Wars. I haven't kept up with all the new stuff. It's so hard. Yeah, I mean, so there, there's been a lot of Star Wars stuff. But uh, basically what this is is not Star Wars, but it is Star Wars. So this is uh, in the same universe as Star Wars. Oh, but, but it's um, Star Wars. Manda, Manda, Mandalorian. Did, DeLorean? What was that? That Mandalorian. Mandalorian. Do you know who Boba Fett was? Boba Fett. This? But yeah, Boba Fett in the in the uh, that weird looking guy that looked like an octopus but human walking. No, around. no, that was uh, yes, Boba the Hut. No, that was the big fat dude. That was Bo- from the original. Bo- Boba Fett was a guy that was uh, he was a uh, he had the real voice. Mer- he was a mercenary that was coming to kill uh, oh, what's his face, and he ended up dying in the Sarlacc pit. Uh, but anyhow, so Boba Fett was a, a race called Mandalorian. Um, who's not really one particular race, but it's kind of like a way of life. It's kind of like a samurai becoming it's a, a samurai. It's a, it's a culture, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so the Mandalorians are, you know, warriors and they're basically mercenaries and they've got this awesome armor. Uh, but anyhow, this guy, uh, you know, was a, uh, a bounty hunter, uh, and you know, he goes out to do one of the bounties. And, uh, so in the first season, uh, he ends up coming up on, uh, what they call the child, which is also known as baby Yoda, but you're not supposed to call Ooh. it baby Yoda. What is so, it? I know so it's he, not baby Yoda. What is so that the, thing? So the Mandalorian, instead of killing baby Yoda, like he was supposed to, he kind of takes baby Yoda. There's a lot of stuff he that ensues. He was going to kill the baby Yoda? What well, he was supposed to, but then he didn't. So but why would you want to? He's so huge. <laughs> because the, 
Anyhow, you got to watch it. I'm not going to explain the whole thing to you. That's like a whole season worth of explaining. <laughs> this I mean, is that, our relationship, you, folks. I get Chris you, to that point, and he's like, no. You're just going to have to buy me dinner at least to get through like the first three I already, episodes. So. I already owe you a steak dinner, or, dang it. So. Or you can just watch it, and we can talk about it with you having some knowledge. That would be helpful. I wouldn't want to do that. I want to be ignorant and make you do it. <laughs> well, anyhow, Mandalorian Season 2 is out. Uh, so they've had the first season. They kind of left it on a cliffhanger. Season 2 picks up. I've only watched the first episode because they only have three out right now. And I kind of like to watch them all together. So I'm trying to space it out here a little bit. Right. Uh, but it's very good. It's uh, it's not, uh, you know, some people complain the more recent Star Wars are kind of like, oh, they're not that good, you know, kind of thing. They're just tr- trying to do Star Wars to do Star Wars. Like The Mandalorian truly is a good story. Um, it's very well written. It's very well filmed. It's It's just really uh, great to watch overall. So turn off all the election coverage, go watch the Mandalorian. But we're That's my recommendation. <laughs> uh, and we had a question here. Is it on Netflix? No, it is not on Netflix. It is actually on Disney plus. Uh, so you have to get your Disney plus subscription or go find somebody who has one to watch it. So, uh, but yeah, it is uh, cause, uh, star Wars remember is Disney property. So yeah, uh, that's right. The mouse Good owns the star David. Wars. Yeah, great question. Uh, yep. But yeah, great show. It was. It's a just, you know, like I said, it's it's really just, uh, you know, it's a it's, you know, great visuals, good storyline. There's a chick from that yeah. show, Gina. Is that her? She's real pretty dark. Yes, chick. Yes. She was fired from the show. She's no longer on it. Don't you have a? Aren't you missing an actor from that show? Uh, I don't know if she was fired. I think a lot of people were mad at her because she wasn't liberal on Twitter so, or something. Actually, that was on Fox News. I'm that's that's why that it sounds so familiar. Yeah, she was actually fired because of, Oh, she was. Yeah. Um because she she just basically what you said, she's just not liberal enough. Some of her views were voiced and it was like Roseanne Barr, yeah. but not to that. Now, I don't agree with Roseanne Barr said, but I don't think she should have been fired either. Cancel culture sucks. Right. But um yeah, it was it was part of cancel culture. She said she's she said something that wasn't okay by certain perspectives Mm -hmm. and um, the show thought they would do better without those ulterior perspectives. Yeah. So I don't want to go. Those things tend to be short lived. So we'll, we'll see. I mean, if the fans demand enough, I think they'll bring it back. So did she die viciously? Can they bring her back? Oh no, she didn't. I don't think she died in the first series. I, I think, uh, she was a fantastic actor too, and a really oh, good storyline. And she oh yeah, great. absolutely gorgeous. And uh, I think in real world, she's like an MMA fighter, something like that. So <laughs> so cool. Uh, yeah, really really cool gal. Um, yeah, they'll, I, know, they'll, I know another MMA fighter locally. We need to have that one on the show because that would be a really cool one. That, that would be good. But yeah, no, I, I imagine uh, if enough people yell and scream, they'll bring her back because that's just how people roll these days. But God, I hope we'll so. See. But the, the story has kind of shifted. Uh, she was from a particular planet, and they, they're no longer on that planet. So it would kind of not make sense for her to show up at this point, maybe for her to come back at some point. But uh, they're just not at that, you know, portion of the story right now. Huh. Well, all right then. So, yeah. Sounds good. I'll have to take a look at it. I mean, I'd rather have you just tell it to me because I don't want to do the work myself. Isn't, <laughs> the hell, isn't that how the world works today? I don't do it in research. You tell me what to go, think. Yeah, you go do all the work, and I'll just listen to you and... Yeah, that's why we do the show, right? I mean, it's easier that way. Well, with that, should we wrap up? We should. We should. So um, 
We thank you all for listening to this episode of the Biz and Mayhem podcast. If you like the episode, show us a little love, please, by posting a review on iTunes. And don't forget to send us a few bucks on Patreon or PayPal. We will love you forever because it's not cheap to make this podcast. In fact, it's not free. So help us out, right? To get the show notes for this episode, head over to bizandmayhem.com. That's B-I-Z-A-N-D-M-A-Y-H-E-M.com. And look for season one, episode 18. And then you can subscribe to the show on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. And until next time, have some fun in the mayhem. All right. We'll see you, everybody. See you, guys. The Biz and Mayhem podcast is produced by Check 6 Creative Studio. If you have a podcast or have been wanting to start one, let us know. We'd love to help you produce and edit your podcast. We'd also love to work with your business on marketing and video production. Visit us on the web at check6studio.com. That's C-H-E-C-K-S-I-X-S-T-U-D-I-O.com. Let us know you heard about us on the Biz and Mayhem podcast.